0: I'm Hemant Mehta.
1: This is Jessica Wimke. And
0: you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. We're here today with Joe Jervis, the prolific blogger at JoeMyGod.com, quite possibly the most popular personal blog about LGBT issues in the world. He's been writing on his site for more than 10 years, a lifetime in the Internet world. His site has received multiple awards from groups like Glad, CBS News, and The Village Voice. And he's one of the blogs I read on a regular basis. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so here's here's the question I just want to start out with. You post so much. You are on top of all the news in the LGBT world How do you, I'm sure you've gotten this question before, how do you do it? Like, do you have a regular job? How are you on top of everything at all times?
2: Uh, I do have a a jobby job, as I call it, but (laughs) I'm home-officed in that job. And that job is also in the LGBT news world, and I am the uh, national editor of the National Gay Pride magazine. Uh, That title, of course, only publishes once a year, which leaves me a lot of free time (laughs) uh, to do the blog. Uh, It takes us about four months to put the magazine together, so uh, I'm I'm pretty much free uh, to do the blogging full-time the rest of the year. And fortunately, the powers that be at Pride magazine are very supportive of the blog, and in fact, uh, we partner. um, synergistically on the project. <laughs> so it, it works out. It, it dovetails very nicely.
0: So you don't have to worry about any uh, a conservative activist calling your boss and saying, you need to get rid of Joe. He writes about these things.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, in a, in a sick way, I kind of wish they would. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just to hear what the I boss he, would he, say.
2: He'd he get a kick out of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the publisher uh, uh, is very supportive, and uh, he's a daily blog reader. And in fact, sends me news tips all the time.
1: So what was the evolution of your blog? Did it start as just a literal personal blog for yourself and then it grew from there? Did you, I mean, did you have designs to take over the world from the beginning?
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, to be honest, uh, uh, my long-time readers know this, the, <clears throat> the blog got its start when I got kicked off of a gay dating site. <laughs> uh, because instead of saying, you know, I am this and I am looking for that, I was writing sort of pithy, uh, snarky, you know, takedowns of the whole gay dating site phenomenon.
1: <laughs> snarky and, on the internet. Uh, I know. <laughs>
2: finally, finally, they had enough of me and, and wrote to me and they said, "You know, this is supposed to be about hooking up." <laughs> and, uh, they, they, not so gently suggested I start a blog, and I thought, "Oh, I have some friends that are doing that. Let me see how that's done."
0: Are your and, friends? Uh, are your friends still blogging? <laughs>
2: Uh, most of them are not. Uh most uh I fell into a large family <clears throat> of uh gay bloggers here in Manhattan and most of them have abandoned their blogs with the advent of Facebook. That that satisfies their need to vent a little bit more effectively than mm-hmm. maintaining a blog, I think. Uh but my 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 blog in the first few years was basically all uh, a place for my short stories, uh and, and just ruminations on the life of a middle-aged gay man in manhattan <laughs> and eventually i ran out of fun stories to tell and i started blogging about the news
0: <laughs> is that how the evolution <laughs> happened because when i go to your site it is it is all news all the time um yeah, and it's I, not I, a I, lot I, of personal. I,
2: my readers my long-time readers chide me and say we, we want stories we want stories And I'm like, every now and then i'll throw them a bone and i put up a new story uh but but not too often uh i i've really gotten completely immersed in, in the live news blogging, uh, you know, and it's sort of taken over my life, much much <laughs> to the concern of some of my friends and my social life.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me ask you about that, because as someone who does something similar, but I guess in a different uh, niche, in a different way, um, I do know what you mean about uh, people being concerned that this is like all you do all the time. <laughs> but I wonder, how do you manage when you are going out with your friends at night? What happens when you do you take vacations because I know if I'm ever not at my computer, I'm just constantly thinking, Oh my God, what if something happens right now? I should <laughs> uh, be it's, near it's, a computer. It's a right
2: sickness. Now. It's a sickness. It really is. <laughs> it's I like having I a child. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I travel with a mobile hotspot. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much money I've blown on, uh, <laughs> air in flight. Wi-Fi, uh, just to make sure that I, you know, it just seems like, you know, if, if I go to Food Emporium, by the time I come back, there's another state with gay marriage. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, and, I, I, and I've got a hundred emails going, Joe, Joe, where are you?
0: <laughs> it's been 12 minutes. How have you not gotten to this yet?
2: <laughs> exactly. I, unfortunately, I've trained my readers to expect me to have the news on everything within 30 seconds. I used to not give me any slack.
0: Yeah, I used to wonder, who the hell pays this much money for, like, hotel wireless? And now I'm like, oh, my God, this is, I, I have four hours. I need the Internet. All right, I'm paying this. What do you want? I'll pay whatever you want. Like, it, it right, is a sickness. Right. That's scary.
2: Well, you know, and I, and I travel with two laptops just in case one starts to mess up. You know, it's, you know it really does take over your entire life. I, I was in uh, Provincetown uh, for a week earlier this month. And those two hours on the ferry from Boston to Provincetown, I'm thinking, I have no Internet. I have no Internet. What did you do? (laughs) It's like you have to be... It was a Saturday, so so I knew nothing major was going to happen during those two
0: hours. (laughs) It's like you have to be socially interactive for two hours. I don't know how to handle that anymore, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I had had to
2: actually (laughs) talk to people the entire time. It was a nightmare. (laughs)
0: Um, which, how did you get into this format where it's just, you know, for the most part, a lot of your posts are, here's a quotation said by someone, I don't know, from the Religious Riot, a conservative. Um, here's a link so you could see it for yourself that I'm, you're quoting them verbatim. And maybe yes, there's some they, snark they, they in the headline. That. Yeah, they hate it uh, when you they, quote they, them verbatim. I'm an, an
2: anti-Christian hate blogger because I have this terrible habit of quoting them <laughs> verbatim, linking to their original site, and posting their own videos.
0: You're supposed Uh, to make them all look good all the time, so I don't know what you're doing.
2: (laughs) I I, I am just horribly vicious in the way that I keep repeating (laughs) their words (laughs) word for word.
0: The, how did you but, get into but, but that? that
2: format does allow me to pump out a lot of information very quickly.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, when did you get started with that format? Because you don't really offer much in the way of commentary for the most part, but there is snark in the headlines and yeah. just sometimes, you know, this was said I, by I, Tony I let, Perkins I the
2: commentary ride in the headlines and in the post labels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, if I, if I dwell too much <clears throat> on analysis uh, and, and commentary pertinent to every post, it just slows me down for the, onslaught of stuff I've got waiting in my inbox. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, every now and then, several times a day, I'll I'll do, I will, uh, you know, throw, throw a couple of snarks in on my own.
1: So do you find most of, I mean, it sounds like most of the fodder comes from just people say idiotic things and you can repeat them. Like, has it been that way since you started doing the news or have people gotten dumber or crazier?
2: <laughs> well, uh Believe it or not, I'm on the listservs for a lot of anti-gay groups. They don't really police uh, who signs up for their press releases, right? So, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know it, it 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 has evolved somewhat in that regard. Uh, but the biggest change in recent years, of course, has been Twitter, mm. which, you know, turns everybody into a reporter. Uh, you know, everything happens first on Twitter, and then two hours later you get the press release. Uh, I, I, I monitor So you can almost
0: I, be ahead of the news.
2: Oh, you really are and 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 I and I monitor about usually about 15 to 20 Twitter streams at once on various topics. Uh for example, just today I've had a Twitter stream running for weeks on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals and the Virginia case and that thing sat there silently for weeks and then today <laughs> it blew up. And suddenly we've got gay marriage in North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, and Virginia.
1: Which is good news for all of us. Yeah. Um, so when you, have a, when you get your hands on a story, do you know what's going to blow up and what's just going to kind of pass over? Because I feel like when I, when I was blogging more frequently um, for Friendly Atheist, I would write something like, this is going to be huge, it's going to blow up, I'm going to get big on Reddit, and it would just fall flat. And then just some random crap I would you
2: write. Know, uh, <laughs> I, I never really know with my readers. Uh, what what will you know pique their curiosity or, or cause a flame? Or uh, the, the the example in that question that I always like to point, bring up is a couple of years ago it was a very slow news day, and uh, not much was happening. And like, oh, here's a story: the U.S. Mint is is putting out the first new penny in a hundred years. That, that's <laughs> slightly interesting. And I and I said and I put up the picture. Hey, there's a new penny. Here, here's what it looks like. <laughs> Came back a few hour later, hours later, and there were like 900 comments. <laughs> like, what the heck are people talking about? About the new penny. And it turned into this whole huge thing on how, you know, if we did away with the penny, it will be stepping on the throat of poor people because everything will go up 5%. And, and it just, you know, you never know.
0: Yeah, I never know uh, how commenters how, are going to take how, anything. How the story's
2: gonna, and that's, a, that's an aspect of the, of the new penny that hadn't even occurred to me. I just thought, oh, it's neat. There's a new penny. <laughs> First time
1: in my life. Little did you know, they're disparaging poor people. Yeah. How dare you? Right.
0: Why you right. got to be so classist, Joe? <laughs> oh. <me>. All over. <laughs> Do you ever worry that, you know, all these gay marriage cases, it's becoming legalized in these states so quickly that, I mean, right now we're, we seem to be on the cusp of all these gay rights issues within a few years, maybe, uh, it'll be legal everywhere, you know, hopefully, but a lot of these cases are going to start dwindling. Do you ever worry about that, that uh, within that a few I'm years... we going to run
2: out of things to write about? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, yes and no. Uh, yes, in that we are, as you say, on the cusp of achieving the full federal civil equality that our Canadian neighbors have enjoyed for 10 years. And what happened in Canada is that a lot of LGBT rights groups sort of, you know, folded up shop, uh, there will always be a need for watchdog groups, you know, just because the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed by like 50 years ago, doesn't mean we still don't need the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even when full federal equality is achieved, and I'm, and I'm very confident that will happen within the next few years, uh, there'll still be a need for watchdog groups. But when... There aren't daily court battles and lawsuits re- re- revolving LGBT civil rights. Uh, certainly, I'll have a lot to write about, you know, in this burgeoning uh, industry called, you know, sincerely held religious belief.
0: <laughs> well, they're very, very important, don't you know? <laughs>
2: uh, what you know? In fact, uh, I often have said that if you know, in a perfect world, if there were absolutely no uh, so LGBT rights battles to be fought, my entire Blog would turn towards secularism.
0: Yeah, because it's kind of the the flip side Which of the. Ballpark, sorry
2: about that. No, it, it's all good. <laughs> I'll
0: I'll take you on. <laughs> oh shit! There's no, it's like the flips. It's the flip side of the the penny, if you will. <laughs> where it's God. we fight the same battles. The same people who oppose LGBT rights tend to oppose, you know, mm-hmm. civil rights in in other ways, or they oppose uh, secularism as uh, in government and things like that. So we we end up fighting the same battles.
2: It's the same bad guy for both issues. And, uh, what we're seeing, you know, behind the scenes, what's going on through U S based anti-gay groups is they are collaborating and consolidating their support overseas because that's where they, they see, you know, their next battleground, you know, they, privately and some of them openly concede that the bottom, their battle is lost in the US but there's still ripe bigoted soil to be tilled uh, in eastern Europe and in Africa and in Asia and that's where they are you know uh, pointing their their horns if you will right now for example the national organization of marriage uh is collaborating with multiple international anti-gay groups to create this global consortium of anti-gayism that, uh, you know, they can uh, raise money on and pay their salaries on because no one's going to give them any money for the U.S. once everything's done here.
1: I don't understand why they care. Like, I get, I kind of get the mindset of, like, oh, I don't think gay people should get married in the U.S., so I'm going to plant my flag here. But if you've lost that and you're like, well, Eastern Europe still has gay people, like, let's go over there. We can
0: always go to Uganda.
1: because first well, of all
2: yeah you have to remember you know that these, these groups you know they need to maintain their donor base and uh you know pat robertson if you want i'm sure you well know uh <laughs> has made millions on these pleas on how he's helping children you know uh in in desolate areas of the world where at the same time he's you know raking in millions from gold mines and carrying carrying the the riches back on the very planes that were supposed to bring food food shipments uh, you know uh, that that's that sort of thing is just one example but all of these us based anti gay groups they want to stay in business they want to keep their salaries paid and the, they see the writing on the wall and what's happening here and and they're gearing up to stay in business by by you know offshoring their talent so to speak
0: so what keeps who do you think is the biggest problem right now i mean we have this Tradition in America, this conservative kind of mindset in a lot of places, that's preventing some of these civil rights uh, stories from actually happening. We still don't have gay marriage in all the states. But is there like one person who epitomizes all of that? Because I know you quote individuals who say awful things all the time. But is there kind of a ringleader now, or is it just you know a few uh,
2: r- random I, I would people? Say the the U.S. ringleader would 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 be Tony Perkins of the. President of the Family Research Council. Mm. Uh, the more sinister figure, globally, uh, to my mind, is Brian Brown uh, who of the is
0: National the, Organization of Marriage. The head of the
2: National Organization for Marriage. He is the one that is uh, joining into this organization called the World Congress of Families, uh, which is actually a U.S. Illinois-based corporation, the World Congress of Families. And the World Congress of Families, uh, with the help of Brian Brown, is you know behind some of the anti-gay legislation in Russia. Uh, in some of the former Soviet satellite states. Uh, they've got their hands in in uh, everything. Uh, Austin Ruse, uh, uh, who is a, the head of a group called CFAM, the Catholic something-something-something family, he's a breitbart bright Uh He actually appeared at CPAC a couple of years ago to denounce the United Nations for opposing the gay death penalty. Huh. You know, and this, these are the people. Basically, the United Nations put out a resolution uh, in their typical United Nations language saying, you know, we oppose extrajudicial, uh, extrajudicial meaning, you know, not by trial, extrajudicial executions of people on the basis of race, sexual orientation, blah, 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 blah. And Austin Ruse went on a rant at CPAC and saying how, you know, the this is the United Nations trying to backdoor gay rights. Uh, <laughs> into,
0: into, into <laughs> by not their... killing them. <laughs> by not <laughs> yeah, supporting them. by not, the not kill. killing them. Right.
2: Uh, and... And that's the sort of guy that Brian Brown is uh, collaborating with, with the World Congress of Families, uh, who actually were supposed to have their, uh, I think, annual convention this year in Russia. And then, you know, the whole Crimea thing kind of scared them off.
0: Let me me ask you this.
2: And they didn't have it.
0: Let me ask you a question that I've had for a while, which is that, you know, we see a lot of younger Christians that seem to be supporting gay rights more, more so than before. Uh, even a lot of yeah. young Christians will say their pastors are totally wrong when it comes to that issue. And I wonder if you ever get uh, emails from those Christians uh, who say, you know, just, just reading your stuff has, has turned them more progressive, even though they may still be Christian. Do you hear from, you know, Christians
2: Uh, I I do hear from Christians, but I tend to hear from gay Christians uh, who tell me, you know, don't be so hard on all of Christianity, we're all not like that. There's there's the Dan Savage back group called NALT, Nalt, not all like that. Mm. Uh, And I tend to hear, uh, get emails from NALT Christians, but mostly they write to me. uh, They understand, you know, my position on on religion, you know, I I basically have none until they get involved in, in civil laws. Uh, and otherwise, I couldn't care less. Uh, and so they'll write to me sometimes uh, and say, you know, oh, you know, by the way, here's actually a positive uh, Christian story. And now they'll send me a link to a story about a a pastor who's accepted his son, or a congregation uh, that you know rebelled when someone tried to fire their gay choir director. And and I'm I'm happy to to pass along those sort of po- gay positive. Religious stories, as few as they tend to be these days, but but no, I, I don't tend to hear from straight Christians uh, except uh, sometimes they send me things in the mail.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, when the best story you can come up with is a guy didn't disown his son, I feel like the bar <laughs> is really low.
2: Right. Right. That 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 is a a pretty sad statement on its face. <laughs> uh, but you know, but but you know, if we're going to get anywhere, we have to recognize that. You know, there are people you know, people who are Christian and stay Christian and will always be anti-gay, and and yet when they have a gay son or a gay daughter or they officiate at a gay wedding, you know, that is an advance mm-hmm. in, in a way. Do you... uh, one of the most vocal anti-gay mayors in France uh, during the entire Manif, two, you know, daily riots in the streets, uh, he just officiated at his own son's wedding a few All days right. ago. And his statement was, I'm never doing this again, and I'm still against gay marriage, but he's my son, and so shut
0: up. Do you see this being an issue in the 2016 elections and even the 2014 midterm elections for Republicans? Do you think it's going to be where they they uh, have to be supportive, or at least uh, not against gay rights? Uh,
2: I don't see it being an issue among mainstream and moderate Republicans. Uh uh Speaker of the House, John Boehner had nothing to say when President Obama signed the LGBT executive order this week. They asked him plate blank, what do you think about it? He says and he says something like, The President signs a lot of things. <laughs> you know. Uh meanwhile, you know, anti gay groups are going nuts screaming their heads off. Mm-hmm. Uh we will always have opposition from uh the Tea Party, you know, far right extremist element of the GOP. And uh unfortunately there's you know dozens of them already in congress and and dozens of them more in the wings for the midterms although we have seen some positive sh- uh... signs that uh... the tea party is not necessarily uh, making any more yeah. yeah. headway uh... especially among moderate and centrist republicans but by the twenty sixteen elections it's going to be a non-issue it's going to be dead the supreme court will have ruled by next summer we'll have nat- nat- nationwide national uh... marriage uh, uh, equality mm-hmm. and and that'll just be something you know in the history, in the history books and, and not worth even, you know, turning into a campaign so And at worst, or at best, I should say, I could see people campaigning, you know, and he was against gay marriage. Can mm. you believe that? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's really the only tool that, that it'll, the only uh, tool that it, it'll be used for, I think, by 2016.
1: So do you think, you know, say by 2016, gay marriage is legal, all 50 states. So do you think the next step is going to go back and look at what is a sincerely held belief and who gets to say what? Do you think that's kind of the next battle people are going to have to fight? Uh,
2: I'm sorry,
1: say that again? So um, say if gay marriage is passed across the country, uh, it usually still has that caveat of, with the exception of sincerely held beliefs. So do you think that's going to be the next battle of establishing what is or is not a sincerely held belief? Uh, The
2: the next battle is, is definitely going to be in the realm of public accommodations. Uh, currently, only 21 states, uh, by by statewide statewide fiat, ban uh, anti-gay discrimination in housing, employment, uh, public services, etc. 29 states in 29 states, it's perfectly legal to fire someone for being gay, or refuse to hire them, or refuse to rent to them, or refuse to serve them in your restaurant. Enda, uh, 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 which you know, uh, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which has basically fallen apart. Uh, even the national gay groups have stopped backing it, was going to address one aspect of that and that was just employment. Uh what we really need uh is an amendment to the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four and just doing what Idaho activists say their slogan is add the four words. Now the Civil Rights of the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four protects people on the basis of Religion, gender, race, national origin, etc., and all we need to add is four words: sexual orientation and gender identity. Boom, and we're covered under everything that Christians have been covered under for half a century. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a really that's a really big ask, though. Uh, And and, uh, I'm hearing that even some hardcore civil rights activists are very leery of broaching any amendment of the 1964 Civil Rights Act because of what people might try to put in as well as as you know adding the four words
0: the writers on the that that amendment or something
2: right they would you know they would insert a poison pill uh something that weakened it you know mm-hmm. in other aspects you know if we put if we put this up to an amendment what other amendments will will the right try to insert and i think that's probably a valid fear and and i don't uh, you know this whole this whole aspect of the uh, possibility of amending the civil rights act you know, is really new, and, and there hasn't been a lot of chatter about it, and I, and I don't know what the answer to that is.
0: Let me change gears for a second. Uh, what is your relationship with other LGBT bloggers, other figures in the LGBT community, civil rights pioneers? Uh, do, are you friends with them? Do you talk to them? Who are your people, I
2: guess? Uh, I'd say I, I'm, I'm at least acquaintances with almost all of the big names, and, I, and I'm Fairly good friends with a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them feed me tips. A lot of them cite my work, uh, and, and everyone on our side of the screen is very generous about sharing credit and and, and you know spinning ideas back and forth and and crediting each other's sites. Uh, I'm, I've appeared on Michelangelo Signorelli show on SiriusXM XM uh, quite a number of times. I've been on some uh, NPR slash PBS. Uh, Radio shows around the country from people who actually read me and write sites of their own. And uh, I guess uh, most of the major bloggers that I uh, talk to the most are here in New York. That would probably be Andy Toll uh, over at Toll Road. Uh, and Another great uh, New York based site to check out, by the way, is the New Civil Rights Movement, which won the glad award this year, and that's David Badash's site. Uh, really great stuff on there all the time. But yeah, we, we all get along pretty well. Uh, I'm close friends with Matt Foreman who is the former head of the NGLTF uh, and he's now working for the the Haas Foundation uh, out in San Francisco but yeah um, I I, I, there's no one here I can badmouth out loud (laughs) no one comes to mind at the moment anyway
1: so what would you say are the biggest problems you face in in the community
2: that the gay community faces amongst ourselves. Or, yeah or,
0: what, what do you what do you think is the most divisive? I guess mm-hmm. you know within the community. Well,
2: uh, probably a lot like secular humanists or atheists, uh, the LGBT community is not defined by any of the usual social boundaries that define almost all other uh, causes and groups. Uh, we are. Of all nationalities, of all religions, of all races, and that often does not provide for, you know, a very uh, smooth ride. Sometimes, Uh, for example, on my site, I'm, I'm well known for better or worse that I don't moderate the comments, and sometimes racist gay people say terrible things, and transphobic gay people say terrible things. And I tell my readers, you know we need to own that we have these people among us they are they are ours we have to own them and that that to me is is the saddest and, and probably biggest internal problem gay people have and, and it's fairly intractable it it's, it's always going to be with us you know we have, we're we're people from all over the world a million languages a million religions every race and human nature being what it is uh, there are gay racists and there are gay transphobes and and You know, it's always going to be that way.
0: So in a sense, you're saying, you know, you have this big tent, but within that tent, you're always going to have these assholes somewhere. Yes, And how do you deal with them? Do you embrace them, or do you toss them out? The way
2: I deal with them is I allow them to post freely on my site uh, for two reasons. Uh, One, I think it's uh, very uh, instructive to my other readers, you know, who may not even think that we have people like that among us. Mm -hmm. And secondly... Uh, I want these people to be able to see how other gay people treat them and react to them.
0: Is now, it you know, weird? I often, Is...
2: I often get asked to go into a post and clean up the thread from from some transphobic or racist gay person. And I'm like, no, I'll leave it in there. You deal with him. Mm-hmm. You show him why he's wrong. I just don't want to ban him from the site.
0: Has that worked? Because I know I've, I've had the opposite happen where... Uh, you know, I will just constantly get crap if any of that is in the thread. And on a personal note, I don't want it in there anyway. Right. Um, but, I, you know, if they are – it's hard for me to say a racist because I, I can't imagine any justification for that one. Mm-hmm. But if someone said something awful, I, I may delete it. At the same time, it's kind of one of those if they're talking about it and they say I disagree and here's why – I'm more inclined to listen to it. But it's, it's kind of those, if it doesn't look like spam, I'm more inclined to keep it. But I know that pisses a lot of people right. off. But I think there's right. a
1: difference between if I, I disagree with this or there is trolling. Right. Because you get, we, we no, get you're, trolls you're once in a while. If
2: someone's just trolling just to, you know, disrupt the thread, right. then I'll, I'll get rid of those people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that doesn't happen too often. Uh, uh, my readers know that there's, there's only one word that's forbidden in, in my comment field. And uh, they know that everything else is allowed, except uh, I don't allow any threats of violence or any wished threats of violence. Like, I hope you have a heart attack. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I That's the one thing I, I don't like. My site, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, anti-gay sites like World Net Daily and Matt Barber have always threatened to call eric holder on me and have the FBI come over <laughs> and arrest me because people in my comment fields were saying ridiculous things like we should burn churches right mm-hmm. and you know obviously no blogger can be responsible for things that people say in their comment field you know the anonymous nobodies. And my suspicion has always been that people saying some of these things aren't even necessarily gay they're just you know doing drive-by mm-hmm. nonsense right. in order to grab a screenshot that they can hustle <laughs> over the world Dead Daily.
0: daily right. Yeah, I get drive-by evangelists often. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as bad as the uh, the burn-down-the-church folks, but uh, yeah, it's frustrating. What keeps you motivated now? Obviously, there's a lot of good news coming in left and right, but uh, what is it that makes you really excited to get up and share this news with everybody?
2: Uh, It may sound trite, but what really excites me is the passion that young LGBT people have for their lives. I look back you know i'm fifty four years old I came out in the, the uh, mid seventies and the life that these kids have laid before them right now is it, it's it's as if we're in a parallel universe uh and and just to watch them talk about their plans for for family and career and support and love from their families and their coworkers uh you know it's it's I still can't get over it. It's been going on for a decade. Uh, but that that does motivate me uh, quite greatly.
0: That's great. Uh, Joe, I think uh, yeah. our time is good here. So thank you so much okay. for joining us. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. You may get back to your laptop now.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you, Jessica.
1: Nice meeting you, Joe. Thanks a lot.